0: Welcome to Forefront Radio, Forefront's new podcast series featuring nonprofit, philanthropic, and social impact sector leaders who are making a difference in Illinois and beyond. Forefront is unique for being the nation's only regional association that represents both grantmakers and nonprofits, as well as their advisors and other allies of the sector. Our mission is to build a vibrant social impact sector that improves the quality of life for all the people of Illinois. Learn more about Forefront and how to join at myforefront.org slash join. Hi, I'm Delia Coleman, VP of Strategy and Policy at Forefront, and on deck this week at Forefront Radio, we are talking big philanthropy versus grassroots philanthropy. Is there a difference? And we are having that conversation with Aisha Jago, co-founder and director of Mural, formerly known as the Bay Fiasco Foundation, Mural empowers inner-city youth as artists, activists, and global citizens. Mural also works with many Chicago-based organizations to provide comprehensive social services and artistic programming for inner-city youth and their families. Thank you so much, Aisha, for joining us today. I have been looking forward to this conversation. You are the co-founder and director of Mural, and what were, what what were you, what was your old name?
1: We are formerly the Lupe Fiasco Foundation, so we transitioned in a rebranding that we experienced in the organization about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and we chose the name Mural, which is an acronym for magnifying urban realities and positively affecting lives. Um, We still have pretty much the same programming. We have swapped out things that we had in our
0: early days and inception, but yeah. Okay, so I asked about that because we've been familiar with uh, the Lupe Fiasco Foundation for a couple of years, but then there was always this question, what does the Foundation do exactly? And then you and I had a chance to talk a few months ago, and I was just blown away by your grant making, but also your engagement in the community. So, could you tell me a little bit about and tell our audience a little bit about uh, the community you work in and the problems that y'all are trying to address? Sure. A lot of that work is rooted in
1: growing up in those communities and seeing some of the same problems that exist. So, in our early days, you had Lupe Fiasco, who's a Chicago. Uh, based award-winning artist, philanthropist, and he would earmark things that were happening in the community, like there was homelessness, and that was just more of a Chicago-wide thing that he saw primarily in Wacker Drive. Um, at the time, I was working in CPS, and he wanted to adopt families and make sure they had warm meals. Going back to Wacker Drive, he would take warm meals during the holiday, season, take coats, like buy hundreds of coats and pass them out. So as an artist, he was already doing that type of work um, and wanted to find a way to continue that work. And I tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, let's give it a framework, let's figure out how we sustain these things so that they can happen ongoing and we can increase those resources. Um, so the initial programs came from that. Food Justice thing grew from us adopting five CPS families every holiday to us having a healthy community meal with 300 residents in the Austin community and having a nathropath time. And having those people also get, uh, in addition to a warm, healthy meal that evening, grocery vouchers, recipes. And we were partnered with local churches because at the time, I was working in substance abuse prevention and Austin was one of my service areas. So being on the ground and kind of taking the temperature for what was happening in that community uh, that kind of became a testing ground for a lot of our early work as well as Englewood. So, we started out with food justice, which we continue on today at Mural. We had a cold drive that we did, we kind of uh, got rid of that and looked at ways that we could be more effective. So, we also started out with um, a program called Off the Block, where we were interested in pairing inner city youth with youth from international communities. And that came from us taking a trip to Asia, uh, South Korea. Again, at the time I was still working in CPS and after school matters. And when we went to those international communities, the young people there looked like the young people here. And the communities we were serving, um, by the way, they dressed, the music they listened to, and then coming back and talking about that, young people here didn't know much about places like South Korea, Singapore, Mm -hmm. uh, China, youth culture there, so I wanted to bridge that gap and we started initially a pen pal program with students from the west side of Chicago to students in uh, Jeonju, South Korea. It was very old school where they literally wrote letters and pictures and our study abroad work was born out of that. The next time uh, we had an international endeavor, we sent 15 people to Ghana from urban communities. So again, that program off the block was to encourage young people from inner city communities who may not have a passport to really become global citizens. So that was an early piece um, that would still continue today. We used to have a youth committee where we convened young people from across the city to talk about issues in their community and to find solutions. So we met maybe once a month and we would have on average about 35 teams from everywhere so that we were making sure that we were in tune to what young people were experiencing in inner city communities and things that we could do um, to help with that. So bouncing between those three areas, we formed our food justice arm, our study abroad arm, and then our hip, what we call today our hip hop scholars arm. Mm -hmm. And so that was all a lot of us figuring out things that were personally passionate for us, Um, us being the co-founders. For me, it was making sure young people got to go outside of their communities. It was making sure that um, communities that had the highest rates of diabetes, heart disease, um, poor grocery store options, that they had access and pathways. So our transition kind of came from those
0: initial seeds that we planted in doing with assessments the in the communities we serve. That's awesome. And, and I bring this up and I, I wanted to start with your story because uh, when I found out about all of the different things that you all are doing, I thought this is almost like the best kept secret in Chicago. And I think it's also typical of a lot of organizations that are working really hard and providing direct action and direct services in communities on our south and west sides of the city that no one really knows much about. And uh, I kinda wanna pivot slightly uh, to talk about how Mural's story um, isn't an outlier story, but is actually more typical of other organizations. So Chicago's having a moment right now, right? Uh, Kind of a bad moment. Um, But there's also an opportunity here for real structural and systemic change, particularly in engaging communities to solve the challenges. Um, And so working off of um, the work of your uh, hip-hop scholars and convening youth to talk about the challenges that they see in the community, what can Chicago learn from organizations like yours, but also the insights of the young people that live there?
1: I think that before any policy can be formed, um, any grant proposal can be written that seeks to serve those audiences, we have to touch down and really get a great idea of what these communities are facing, and that comes from youth voice and community voice. So in setting up dialogues or situations where people can go in and hear from those um, potential uh, grant seekers and young people who will come from programs that are funded, we have to touch down and really understand the complexities of what happens in those neighborhoods. We have the governor who says, all right, to solve some of the issues here with police, we need to train people on how to deal with the police. But we are ignoring some other conditions that are happening in that community Where residents feel like the police need sociology classes or they need to understand how to better serve these communities that they're going into. So I think that we have to involve citizens, young people in the process of grant making in the project. We try not to replicate the wheel. And one way that we do that and make sure that we're relevant is by touching down, by looking at who's doing the work by assessing. If there's a gap, we go in and do that, but we cannot do that without having youth voice and community voice. So what that looks like is different in every community, Um, but I think that goes into having an intentional
0: strategy from the beginning to end on how we fix those things. It looks different in every community, and it also acts different in every community. Um, people uh, might assume, okay, this is a very clean, straight line assessment, evaluation, feedback, bam, service delivery. But we all know that that, that things don't happen in a straight line. So this kind of community engagement is a little bit messier, takes a little bit longer. What has been the community's response uh, when you've engaged them?
1: they have been very responsive because we have reached out to folks that are in the community that are maybe doing similar work that need to push like oh you want to do a mobile market or have you talked to um andrea drain of the 5k eagle with 5k who does a boot camp who has access to the families that you want to reach there are 50 parents in there so oh you talk to her and you want to do something and we go to that class so it's literally getting on the ground and gaining trust. And trust is gained by um, relevant association with things that are happening um, in those communities. Um, I think that's the first thing. People don't want to see another face, another foreign entity coming in without some trust and legitimization from people that are maybe already doing the work or some ally if that work doesn't exist. We kind of validates the trust, and then they open up. And as you said, if not a straight, okay, this 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 after six months after the assessment, we're going to plan and implement. It may get a little tricky, but once you break the ground and plant that seed of trust, and we are aligned with what our goals are, which are developed depending on what we're doing with the community right there. You can get to the end of that cycle. Mm-hmm.
0: What is uh's vision for its community at the end of at the end of the day?
1: At the end of the day, we want healthy, safe communities where young people can thrive on a local, national, and global level.
0: That isn't foreign. That is, I think, any community would want that same thing Mm -hmm. for its residents and for its young people. So how can we multiply Mural? How can Mural not just be one organization working in the communities that it works in, but can be a model for other organizations and in other communities?
1: I think just the very nature of our name, when you look at what a mural is, and what the process is for formulating that. If you, in fact, have a community, let's say it's a community creating a, a mural on a vacant wall under a mm-hmm. biop, and you get the artist, maybe, you figure out what the theme is gonna be, you may bring some young people in and elders to help create that piece. That's the work that we do. For food justice, we have a myriad of partners um, that come in to help us bring that work alive. So through partnership, we are replicated um, because we we align ourselves with people of similar mission and vi- vision, and we work to support. We don't, we don't we don't want to replicate the wheel. We don't want to um, redo things that are happening. And as you said, none of this is new. Right. We have to look back in the tradition of um, the name culture when they talk about Sankofa, looking back to move ahead. Um, so I think we are sustained heavily um, and replicated through our partnership, which is part of this mural mm-hmm. of programs and of our organization. Um, when we look at our work in Inglewood, we replicate our mobile market series in South Shore. We're doing that in Austin. So as much as possible in that way too there's a literal mm-hmm.
0: um, replication but for the most part that's the nature of who we are right I, I think that so some of the things that i've been hearing i've been hearing partnership uh i've been hearing your convening power that you connect people with one another for greater partnership and more strategic partnership um direct engagement and so it seems like Uh, Mural is an organization that takes the best parts of being a foundation, uh, as well as the best parts of being a direct service nonprofit and kind of builds them into one organization. Um, Thinking about the relationship between communities and institutional or big philanthropy, I'm going to kind of go into a topic area that that might be controversial or maybe not, maybe it's old hat, I don't know. what what do you think could change or how would you characterize the relationship between our communities and institutional or big philanthropy and how is mural something different
1: um, i think that there's a disconnect um, between institutional philanthropy and community, I think that you'll see um, a lot of program officers with certain titles that are um, directed for going out into the community to assess and go through grants that fit whatever the criteria, funding criteria, whatever programs that are in that strategic plan that fit um, what that mission of that particular foundation is, but. I don't know that people always understand the complexities of really penetrating um, certain topics and areas, and that really takes people having a firm understanding of the history of that community, the history of the residents, and people really being on the ground to understand and feel what that is.
0: Right, it goes back to that trust issue. Right, the trust right. issue. I think there is
1: a trust issue, I think, a lot of times. Uh, it has been said that people come in and drop bags and then walk out and come back to collect numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we change that? I think that we have to engage the community more. We have to get on the ground, which is, you know, our birth came from getting on the ground, being grassroots, really touching the people, talking to the people, feeling the people. Of course, coming from those areas is a little different. So maybe, when we look at staff um, at some of these foundations, when we look at uh, subcommittees, when we look at grant review uh, committees, things like that, it needs to be reflective of
0: the population that that particular institution is trying to serve. That is so I actually could not have planned this better um, because that's something that Forefront is really trying to uh, advance, this notion um, of... uh, Nothing About Me Without Me, particularly in philanthropy, that we believe, you know, philanthropy can be more effective when it engages uh, different perspectives and voices throughout the operations, but also the grant-making cycle as well. So you're really talking about more inclusive practices and more diverse practices and more diverse bodies doing work. Yes. Um, How can... How can how can we move the needle on that sitting from where you sit?
1: Well, I think a lot is more consistent and intentional engagement. Right. You know, it right. really that's really the first step. Mm-hmm.
0: Um is most proud of in in its life cycle that it's accomplished.
1: Well, we're in our fifth
0: year and
1: for me, looking at our food justice programs, you know, the fifteen families, um, that number growing to four thousand. Oh my goodness! Um, just through our mobile market series, our community dinners, um, our cooking classes that we partner with organizations to put on, and that being intentional at first, it was, hey, is here's this grocery voucher, go buy your Thanksgiving dinner, now it's then it became Use to the be doctor, try this recipe to make white like, castle burgers with turkey meat and carrot fries. So to see the progression and the intentionality and in us kind of saying, Oh, this we need this, but actually being in the work and understanding that, you know, we need to arm ourselves a little bit more and touch down, even though we're from those places to really seek other sources to tighten um, that approach. That has been a great help. Um, And also just really figuring out our identity because when we started, you know, we had a youth committee, we had a cult drive, we had a music education program. We had all of these different things that we were trying to capture. Um, And just kind of figuring out, all right, are we direct service? Are we a granting organization? How do we do both? Finally, finding that happy medium. Um, from an operational piece and finding community partners that help us not replicate the wheel um, but continue to expand so that we go from 15 families to 4,000
0: has been a great milestone I would say Final question and maybe it's an unfair one
1: where we have built a school in Ghana and we're sending kids from the west side to Ghana to study for summer.
0: Um, That's amazing. I just want to interrupt right there. Okay. That is amazing. I think I grew up in South Central LA and uh, growing up in South Central, you don't see outside, of South Central. So the opportunity for kids on the, in inner city neighborhoods to see the world that's
1: just amazing. Yes, and for us it's important to literally get off the block. Mm-hmm. Even if that means that initial trip is to the north side to understand some local culture of an international place you're gonna go visit. Um, we believe in that. So definitely just expanding in those areas that we feel would have the most impact. Um, so five, 10 years, you see us bigger, stronger. there, we have information about our initiatives. You can find past newsletters. There's a volunteer forum there. You can check us out on social media. Um, Twitter is at Mural as well as Instagram. Our Facebook page is Mural Chicago. So you can find us in those ways. We also have some forums coming up. We're still celebrating our fifth year. um, So there will be some information coming about that. So in those ways nearly.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been a really great conversation and I'm just really happy that Forefront has an opportunity to kind of uncover a hidden gem in our community and to really encourage everyone to check out Mural's mission, um, check out the work that they're doing and really consider uh, engaging with them in some way, because I totally agree with you. If we're going to solve the myriad challenges facing Chicago, our communities are the key. And so thank you for your work and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Ayesha, thank you so much for joining us. I think this is one of our favorite podcasts that we've ever done. Um, for more information on Forefront to Work in building a vibrant social impact sector, visit myforefront.org. Be sure to subscribe to Forefront Radio on iTunes so you don't miss an episode or find us on SoundCloud. If you like what you heard, send us a tweet at myforefront.